What's up, everyone? You are back with Relish the Journey, and I am your host, Miles Biggs. Just a quick reminder, you're in great company because Relish the Journey was named a top 15 podcast in the U.S. by New York Weekly. So if you want to listen to any of these other episodes, just like the great one you're about to tune into, go ahead and listen to subscribe to Relish the Journey wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check out Relish the Journey content, but also other Miles Biggs content by visiting milesbiggs.com. There you can find a link to my TED Talk and a link to my book, both called Unseen Work. And both of those pieces of content were taken from interviews like you're about to see on Relish the Journey. So I hope you check it out. So enough about me. We're here to talk about an awesome guest. So let me introduce our guest today, a man by the name of Van Sturgeon. Van was born and raised in Chicago, but he currently lives and splits his time between Toronto and Miami Beach. He's a successful entrepreneur, a real estate investor, and he owns a number of successful businesses in real estate. He's a land developer, home builder, and owns companies in construction and renovation. He's a busy guy. He's built and renovated thousands of homes across North America, and he currently owns and manages over 1,000 units in Michigan, New Brunswick, and Florida. He's also written books on house renovations, and he's published a variety, published in a variety of other media outlets. Over the past 30 years, Van has learned all the secrets and systems needed to carry out a successful house renovation, and now his mission is to put those decades of experience to work, helping new real estate investors overcome their fears of house renovations and to help them become more successful in their investments. So without further ado, let us bring Van into the show. Van, pleasure to have you on. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Miles, I appreciate you uh, having me on your podcast. I've, uh, I'm a fan of yours. I've listened to uh, a lot of your podcasts and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's a great opportunity to do a little bantering back and forth and talk yeah. to you about uh, you know, what, what, uh, what the kind of things that I do. Well, let's get into it because I gave the bio, but I'd love to hear specifically how and where and when did you start this career we outlined in real estate? Well, um, I started off uh, early, early on in my in my life. Um, give you sort of a quick uh, uh, history about what I where I come from. I'm, I was born and raised in Chicago, and uh, my father uh, and mother immigrated. To to United States, my father and my mother into uh, Toronto in Canada, and it, while uh, my father was in the United States, he met my mom, and they decided to live in Chicago. We lived in an apartment, and in an apartment building, and uh, it was uh, during this period of time in the sixties and the seventies where they were working really hard. My father was an architect, uh, and uh, my mom did odds and ends and looked after us as kids. And then uh, they were just scrolling, uh, scrolling their money away to be able to uh, afford to buy a home. And that was ultimately the, the game plan. Uh, as they were doing that, they eventually came across uh, this, uh, this opportunity that the building that they were living in actually was, uh, was going up for sale. And so they put all their money together and borrowed some from family, friends, and put the minimum down. And they, they went and purchased the actual apartment building that they were living in. So wow. we became landlords. And that happened in the late 70s. And I think, Miles, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> you don't recall those, those good old days in the late 70s, early 80s, which were pretty, they were pretty rough. Uh, it was a period of time where we had the Iran hostage situation. We had 
But you remember, I remember having to wait in line to get gasoline because the oil embargo, uh, interest rates were at 18, 20 percent. Uh, it was a unemployment rate was 10, 12 percent. It was a miserable time during that, yeah. uh, that period. And the neighborhood, which was great where I grew up, started to deteriorate, deteriorate pretty rapidly. And it got to the point where as I'm walking to school, I would see building after building uh, would just get their, their torch. They were abandoned. They were it got to the point where a massive amount of people were living in the city, going out in the suburbs, crime started to rise. And there was just a lot of economic destitute uh, that, that that was occurring. And it was a miserable time. You could just It was in the air. It was palpable. It was just bad. And during that period of time, my parents struggled. Here you, they just got into this investment and they started seeing people leave the building. Uh, it was a ma- and it got to a point where they had 50, 60 percent vacancy. And trying to uh, you know, cover your costs with the rent that was coming in, it was extremely, extremely difficult. So, as a family, we we bound together and and we we did uh, we we were we became renovators ourselves. Everything that you can think of inside the actual building, whether it's painting, plastering, roof work, windows, whatever it took, replacing the carpet, whatever it took for us to do to to be able to. Just patch it up, just continue on. We did, and we, we never hired any contractors. And so it's from that background where I have learned everything that there is to know about renovation from exchanging, from flipping a light switch or changing a light switch to uh, full-scale re- re- renovation. So that's the background I came from. And as time progressed, I got I, I went off to university, went to University of Toronto because my mom was Canadian, and uh, they kindly suggested me suggested me pushed me that way i went to school graduated and i went to and i applied to law school got accepted and uh i had that uh, that opportunity to go be a lawyer and for some reason it just didn't appeal to me and i i decided to uh go down this direction where where i, I what i loved i i was born and raised in this so i i decided i broke the bad news to my parents they took it pretty hard because all parents i guess want to see their Children to be lawyers and doctors, sure. And uh, so that was kind of devastating to them. But uh, this is what was in my heart. So, so I, I became a general contractor, and so I, I started small. I just started in residential, renovating homes, and then things over a period of time I started to escalate. I started doing commercial work as well, working on actual physically on apartment buildings, office buildings, balconies, things of that sort. And over a period of time, I started to see the same kind of people in the industry, like career, like real estate investors yeah. who were constantly out there purchasing property, renovating them, flipping them, holding on to them, managing them, renting them out. And I got intrigued by it and I got sucked into that side of the business. So here I am doing one particular business and I'm doing a general, I'm doing a general contractor in construction. But also, on the other hand, I started dabbling in real estate investment where I would identify a, a beat-up property and renovate it to get to the point where I could either sell it or hold on to it and manage it. So that's where my that's where my life kind of progressed and how I have acquired uh, or created a number of companies that are in the real estate industry. Yeah, that's... All started with the the family building, right? It sounds like your parents were, you know, your parents, of course. Yeah. They're always a mentor to us, right? Our parents, but it seems like they are business mentors too. So, besides your parents, have you had any other mentors in business as you 
as you added different types of companies to your portfolio? I, I, I think uh, absolutely. And I think that the reason why I am where I am today is from the mentorship and the coaching that I received, not only from my family, but I've actually gone out and sought out people that were successful and asked for their help. I paid for the, them to help me in mentoring me and coaching me and guiding me through the process. Uh, and I, it came to a, it came to a breast in a, one particular case in my life where I was doing all these things. So I was, I was running these success, uh, had a successful business in general contract and doing a lot of work. And then I was doing the, the uh, real estate investment side as well. And a lot of stuff, I was a micromanager because it came from that background. You know, I had to do everything because I wanted right. to save money. And so uh, I took on more than I can chew. And I remember I, had, I was this particular home. I had to have, there was a very tight time frame. And I, I was sleeping at the job site uh, trying to finish this particular home off. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night staring at this freshly painted ceiling, trying to figure out like, like, I, I, like I was overwhelmed with the, you know, this contractor who didn't show up or that contractor didn't like the quality work or the kitchen manufacturer was supposed to show up and bring materials on a particular day didn't show up. So all these things just all of a sudden overwhelmed me. And I just, I was just, I was just, I, I just burnt out. I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. Like I had too much, I was, I had too much going on. And at that time, I think I was even married and, and then that was also suffering at the same time too. So I, 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 uh, I had to take a time out and I sort of took a step back and sitting here. And I, again, I, as I was in that world, I still am in that world in real estate investments, you get to see the same kind of people. And I reached out to one individual that, that, that was extra, incredibly successful. And, uh, I, I hired him. Literally I hired him and I paid a lot of money, but every single penny that I had, uh, uh, that I paid in that mentorship is paid me back hundreds folds because I, I, it was the person took me by the hand and walked me through the process, explaining to me what was it that I was doing right and what I was doing wrong, guiding me through the process. And then uh, having somebody there to hold you accountable is pretty incredible. Like it, yeah. it holds you accountable. So it forces yeah. you to get out of your comfort zone and capital. To, to That's going to be my next question. You're kind of leading right into it is, you know, what's the benefit there, right? You hear this all the time. I have a mentor, I have a coach. Some, some people pay for them, some don't. I don't know if you want to share. You said you paid a lot. How much you've actually invested? But if somebody's new to the game, they want to be a real estate investor. What what will they get from a coaching experience? What do they stand to benefit from bringing somebody on like that? Well, I what I've uh, what happened with me was uh, I, I ran into a stumbling block and I wanted to scale my business. So I and I realized that what I was doing was just eventually I'm just going to burn out, and that's what happened to me. And so. Uh, I have over the course of my life and still to this day pay for mentorship, pay for coaching. And I think it's an invaluable uh, tool to have somebody to be able to navigate you through uh, from point A to point B. Sure, you can do it yourself, but it's incredibly hard. There's a lot of fear because you're, you're over, trying to overcome obstacles that you never came across. And it's always helpful to have somebody there beside you to sort of shepherd you through the, through that, through the navigate you through that way. Right. So I've found incredible benefit. I've, I've probably spent over a quarter of a million dollars in, in, wow. in, in self-improvement and having this education and having this guidance and having these experiences from a variety of different people that have, have blessed me. And I've been able to direct my life 
and being as successful as I am. I counted to that. Would I have gotten here uh, at some point in my life? I don't know, probably, but it would have been a lot more difficult. As I, I always attune it to, if you were to pick up an instrument like a guitar, I always wanted to play the guitar. And so if I grab that guitar, I could, you know, if I started strumming, I, you know, over a period of time, I suppose I would be able to sort of figure it out. But then you, the next level would be, okay, I go on YouTube, I, I read a book, and then maybe through that watching the, those videos or reading a book, I'll be able to pick up on some things and learn how to play a guitar. Then the next highest level, of course, is to actually hire a teacher, which is the most expensive. But right. it's the actual best route because they're there to watch you along the way to be able to get you from point A to point B. And so I've, I've always treasured and I always thought I, uh, I found value in, in finding people and, and putting myself in that same circle of people to be able to elevate me, to bring me up to the same level of, uh, of individuals. So I, I'm a huge proponent. And this, but also at the same time, not every, every, uh, not every coach or mentor or course or program is, is the best. I have come across some bad ones too. But for the most part, I've gotten truly my value of my money's worth out of it and has improved my life. Sure. Yeah, I love that analogy because you're so right. You want to learn any any skill that's not business or like an internet business, like you just see it, right? Where people now always jump to, I'll do it myself versus hiring. But I think going analog like you do with guitar is a perfect example because, yeah, of course, you'd hire somebody that they've already put in the work and they can help you fast track your work and you get there faster versus it might take you 14 years to play the guitar. I mean, it takes people that long to learn it. Sure. Same in business. So I think it's, and, and then, you know what, and, and to, fur, to further, uh, further expound on that point is that there are TV programs, channels, shows that are dedicated to do it yourselfers. And when you watch a 30 minute program or an hour program, there's even programs out there that will show a house being built in a week. <laughs> and, and, and so you watch this and you, you you get all jazzed up and you're like, wow, I mean, I could do this myself. And it's not that easy. Uh, there are there are obstacles along the way. And so unfortunately, TV makes it sound it's, uh, that it's all wonderful, but it's not that it's not that simple. So that's yeah, yeah. it's a great point. The power of editing, right? <laughs> the sure, house in sure. the You mentioned the word fear earlier. And I'm curious, again, to that person who is watching that DIY network and they want to jump into housing renovations, but they might be a little scared. How do these people overcome that fear of just jumping in and starting? I, I Overcoming fear is, is a huge issue because it is what occupies us all the time when we try to do something new. So when we first time when we try to drive a vehicle, uh, the first time you sat in front of the, the steering wheel, there's fear and apprehension. And now, you know, fast forward 20, 30, 10 years later, it's second nature to you. You just start jump in your car and drive away. So our mind is built to fear new things, to fear going out of your comfort zone. And so obviously when you're taking on something uh, like a house renovation, or in particular, when you get into just real estate investment, the, there's a huge amount of fear associated with you being able to take the next step. Like ultimately when we are buying property, these are usually some of the largest investments, single largest investments you're ever going to make in your life. Like if you're, if you look at your home and you own your home, that's probably the biggest financial investment you're ever going to make. It's not only just an amount of money that you spend on purchasing the home, but then it's the actual memories and time that you spent there with your family as well. And so taking uh, taking that that 
that home, taking that property and actually doing something to it is, is a huge obstacle, a huge fear. So it, the interesting part about home renovation is that you started with an underlying value of the actual home. So let's say you bought a home for $100,000. In order for you to raise the value of that home, you have to do some rep repairs, some renovation to it. So you have to actually take that home and you have to break it. You have to rip out the kitchen. You have to rip out the washroom. You have to decrease the value of that home so that you can make the necessary renovations to increase the value. So you start off at 100,000, you drop that 80, 70,000 to be able to do the renovation to raise the value to 120, $150,000. So that in itself, when you factor in, that's a huge investment and you're literally breaking something, it's a huge fear to overcome. And I've encountered it numerous times with, uh, with people that are getting into real estate investment and they've purchased their first property and they want to renovate it. They know they're renovated. That's the reason why they purchased it in the first place. And there's a huge fear uh, that they got to overcome because they're looking at a home that they got to destroy in order to be able to rebuild and create value. I love that visual, right? It's like, it makes me think of breaking a bone. You don't really break a bone on purpose, but it grows back stronger, right? Or muscles, when you lift, you have to tear the muscle so that when it repairs, it grows back stronger. And that's interesting point. Right. You're afraid, you literally have to break it, break the kitchen, bust down the walls, and you can build it up back and have it be worth more, or you can mess it up and have it now be worth less. And that's part of the gamble. It's not a guarantee. Yep. And uh, to add to, further to that, like I constantly, uh, my companies constantly get phone calls from, from new real estate investors slash renovators that it will start a process and then they just get stuck. They don't know what the next step is. They or they get screwed by a contractor because the general contractor is supposed to look over the whole entire renovation. And for whatever reason, they they skip out. It typically is because of money. Uh, and uh, now now I get this phone call that says, please help me. And if I do help you, it's going to cost a lot of money because now I'm entering something that wasn't fresh. It's something I'm, I'm assuming somebody else's issues. And so right. whenever whoever's going to step into that situation is going to charge you a lot more money than if they had started that process in the beginning uh, fresh. Yeah. So talking about screw ups, where do most people screw up? What's the most common you know, renovation mistake that you've seen in all your years of experience? I, I can tell you that uh, through the over 30 years of experience that I've had in house renovations, the single most biggest uh, screw up that renovators do or have or continues to do is they don't clearly identify a goal that they have for this renovation. So it has to be very specific goal. And everybody, each situation is different depending on what your intentions are. So, for example, if I own a home and I'm looking to renovate it, I'm going to do certain things differently than if I was to take a property and flip it or take a property and rent it out. So oftentimes what I've encountered is there's just there isn't enough planning or direction, a goal set in place. And that's where the problems start to occur. So we have to clearly identify a goal. And once you've identified that goal, what it is that you're looking to accomplish? And you got to be specific about it. You got to say one through one, two, three Main Street is going to I'm looking to renovate it so that I can make so I can sell it and make fifty thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars, whatever that is. You got to create a goal. And once you have that goal, you got to write it down. 
And once you have it written down, then you move forward toward the planning process of the renovation. And that is that is the most important component to 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 ensuring that you have a successful renovation. I often all the time get phone calls from people that want to renovate their homes. They just call me up and just say, we want to renovate their homes. Great. What is it that you're looking to do? And oh, I want to do the kitchen and I want to do the washroom. But they don't have a plan. They don't have a goal. They don't have specifications. They don't have anything. They just want to rent. They just want a home renovated, and all, and and that is a recipe for for disaster. And that's often what I find when I come across these these situations where renovations have failed or or issues is that there isn't enough planning done in the beginning. How often have you driven down a neighborhood miles and you've seen a dumpster in front of a home? And it's just sitting there for month after month after month. And you're scratching your head wondering, like, what's going on? How come you haven't been able to finish your renovation? And I know the answer to that. And it's often uh, is that there's just poor planning and people have got ahead of themselves and they don't know what they're doing, unfortunately. And they lose thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point for life, not just renovations, right? You want to start anything, What beginning with the end in mind. What's the goal? What do we want to accomplish? And then you can work it back, right? right. So. You touched on this. If step one is, let's start with a goal. What are these other steps? So step one is have a goal end in mind. Where do we take it? If we're plan- that planning stage you say is so important, what does that look like as far as other steps to take? Uh, I, I absolutely. Uh, first of all, I, I first of all you have to identify your goal, and once you've identified that goal, the next step is you have to f- put together a budget. You, uh, but in particular, how much money do you have in the kitty? to be able to put toward this renovation. Uh, and that can come from a variety of sources. It could come from money that you've saved up. It could come from lines of credit, from hard money lenders. There's also government programs that support renovations as well. There's particular renovations that you can do to your home that you can get some real great uh, money from, from government and municipalities to be able to support that. So these are the types of things you gotta, you gotta figure out. That would be the second step. The third step would be, once you've got those two, then you need to, Go around the property and identify and create a list and you separate the list between needs and wants. And so the needs are things that you have to do no matter what. So, Miles, in your home, if you had a, a roof that was leaking, that's that's a need. You don't it isn't a want. If you have a window that's uh, got a hole in it that somebody threw a baseball through baseball, you're going to say, yeah, I got to I got to replace that. That's a need. But there's other things that don't necessarily need to be a need. People will put them in a need category. And that's one of the one of the things that I find with new real estate investors that they don't know how to categorize and list things properly uh, with regards to the things that they should be renovating based again on their goal. So usually I look at windows that sometimes most of the time as a want. You don't necessarily need to replace the windows in your home. You might want to, but you don't need to. And so those are the types of things you got to go through a whole list and create a needs and wants list. And you got to also do a lot of research on your on the neighborhood or in the area that your property is located. If your intentions are, for example, to own a home and live in it, you could do whatever you want. You want pink, blue carpeting, tile. You could do whatever you want. But if you're looking at this home in terms of a, of an investment that you're going to flip or an investment that you're going to rent out, then there are certain things that you're going to need to to do. You're going to have to. Go out there and do research on if there's a particular dollar value that you want to get out of that property. If you sell it, you got to go out there in the marketplace and see if that's a chain of that's attainable. 
as well as what is it that they've done to that particular home and renovations that you need to grab from to be able to do in your particular home or property also. And so there's that that dynamic that you need to not only just look internally, but also externally to be able to get the information and plug in all that, all those different things so that she can come up with a, a clear and concise plan. So part of the needs and want list also would require you to go out there and see what's going on in the marketplace and filter everything through the goal you established right from the beginning. Again, if I'm looking to make $50,000 from a house flip, then what I need to do is I need to identify those items in the needs and wants list that I'll be able to carry the ball forward, ultimately to be able to sell the property for that dollar amount. So that's uh, that's where uh, is the planning component. Then ultimately, then you got to move into the next phase, which is actually creating a document. And it's called a scope of work. Like I, I have the luxury of having my, I wear multiple hats. I also in renovation and construction, I've done I've done residential and also I do commercial. And so on the commercial side, it's very clear cut as a contractor. When I receive uh, a renovation to an office building, apartment building or whatever, it is a very there's a document that comes to me. It's very detailed. It gives me specifically what it is that is required, how it's to be done, a timeline. All of that information is there. And I quote it. And every single other contractor that quotes it quotes exact same thing. You know, renovations on the residential side, it's rare that you come across these types of documents. If it's handled by an architect or interior designer, yes. But if it's your real estate investor, if it's just a homeowner, they don't go through the steps of putting together a scope of work where you've identified every single scintilla that's required of your renovation. And so that when I do give it to a contractor, electrician, a plumber, uh, whoever, they're able. They're pricing apples to apples. That document forms that body of what that quote should be. And looking, this is what I'm looking to accomplish within the renovation, and this is what they're pricing out. And so, right. scope of work is something that's incredibly important and is often missing in these types of uh, residential renovations, and it, it will leads to and eventually leads to problems with the contractor, creates acrimony. Right. There's like you know, I didn't know you're doing that, or why didn't you do that, right? And that's the worst case. Uh, that's the worst situation being when you're when you're you you get you've got you got the plan and everything in place and you got a vision and you and you don't realize you don't conceptualize it on a piece of paper, which is called the scope of work. Contractors can't crawl into your head to get uh, to get that information. Right. You've got to put that down on the document so that's readable, so it's understandable, and everybody knows where their positions are. My renovations go smoothly. Like I still am dealing with human beings. I'm still dealing with contractors and human beings. But the 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 pitfalls and the issues that many people that renovate who are not experienced in renovation go through, I don't experience. So sure. So I got it here. I, I created a banner. Goal, budget, needs versus wants, research the area, and then create that scope of work. Once we've done all that, is the next step to go out and find the contractor we just started talking about, or is there something in between? No, actually, uh, if once you've got that scope of work and you like you are you are prepared to go to battle, you're prepared to start this renovation. And during this process, you should be confident. You should have gained a lot of confidence in what you're doing because it's all verifiable. It's all quantifiable. One of the things that I offer my on my website uh, as a free tool for individuals is uh, I, I offer a free renovation calculator. And it's, it's a program that I put together with uh, in my team that 
you grab this 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 program and you plug in all the items that you want to renovate in your property, in your home, in your house. And it spits out a, do, a budget value of what that renovation should cost. And so it's a great a tool for you to be able to figure out in a rough sort of way what this renovation cost should be. And then the next step would be is uh, you've created that scope of work and you tender it out. So you go out there in the marketplace and you identify contractors that will uh, will bid on the work. But you just don't haphazardly go out there looking for contractors. We all have a network of people. We have friends, family, real estate agents, brokers, insurance uh, brokers, mortgage brokers. All these people are connected to other people and all of them have contractors they might have used for their own properties or for rental properties you know of somebody so they know electricians and plumbers these are the people that i would be reaching out to to form a sort of list because they they have some references you would hope that the people that they're going to refer you are good people and so we want to deal with good people uh ultimately we always want to save money but i have found in my in my over 30 years that you need to uh you need to find uh you need to find contractors that will do what they're supposed to do. And when you find the bad ones, uh, run run fast and stay away from them because ultimately they're the ones who will, will cause the most, they cause the most amount of damage to your renovation. It's in terms of quality, screw ups, and the length of time that they're gonna finish to work. Because every, if you're a real estate investor and you need to get that property rented, or if you're a real estate investor looking to flip a property, every single day or month that goes by, it's money out of your pocket. So it's imperative to be able to go and get the right people on your team. And you really literally are creating a team to be able to move the ball forward and accomplish your goals. So I would definitely, that, that's one of the things I strongly advise. Uh, and there's others, other techniques and systems to be able to identify the right contractors to be able to get them to quote on your work. But uh, what, one of the things that uh, I, 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 I think I, I should talk about, uh, and you sort of brought up is the issue of finding a contractor. How do you find a good contractor? And and it's not, uh, we all are, when you are in my field, you're always looking for that unicorn. You're looking for that contractor that is going to give you the best price, is going to finish things right on time, and it's going to give you the best quality work. And so that is a unicorn to me. And unfortunately, uh, Miles, unicorns don't exist. <laughs> They they might they might you might see a glimmer of them every once in a while, but uh, they don't exist. And I'm speaking as a contractor, as a general contractor, and I've done literally thousands of properties I've renovated, and I haven't. It's it's not possible to find that contractor. The reason why you can't find that contractor is that you got to understand you got to put yourself in the shoes of a contractor. Is that it's it's a difficult life. Uh, especially like if you're out in the northern parts of North America where we're dealing with four seasons, yeah. like wintertime is not a, it's a slow period of time near the holidays. Then there's summertime. It's crazy busy. Everybody wants to get things done right away. And so you as a contractor have got to constantly juggle these types of tugs where sometimes you're not, you're, you're, you're twiddling your thumbs and sometimes you're, you're so busy. You don't know what to do with yourself. And so this is why, Finding contractors that will come in and be reliable is difficult unless you're dealing with a bigger company that has multiple people working for them. So, for example, you can pick an electrician that only has maybe two, three employees, or you can take pick up an electrician who's got a company who's got 12, 15 electricians, right? 
And so those bigger companies will be able to service you right away, but those bigger companies also charge you money. So you as a renovator have got to sit down and figure out what is important to you. Again, what is my goal? And ultimately, you have to make some difficult decisions on on the contractors that you're going to use. And good contractors can be good for one particular project and bad for another project. And so it's just a matter of identifying what it is that you're looking for and seeing those types of qualities in particular contractors and identifying them and putting them in the right positions for success. So if I'm looking to do a renovation on my home, I'm looking at different criteria. I'm looking for somebody who's going to give me quality, number one. Number two, I'm looking for somebody who's going to show up on time. And number three would be price because this is my home. But if I am a real estate investor who's looking to flip a property, who's looking to, you know, to rent it out, then you know price is probably going to come up to number one. And time to get the, you know, get the job done quickly right. is number two. And then number three is the uh, number three would be price. I would be um, sorry, quality. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It makes total sense. It goes back to what you said about the plan, right? It's what's the goal. What are you hoping to do? And then that'll help you weigh how do you rank the different qualities and ultimately pick someone to go forward on your job. So it seems like a lot for the average Joe and Jane to manage. Right. If, if you don't have experience in this, you make it sound very simple because you've been doing it for 30 years. But the, the regular homeowner, do you think people should be managing their own renovations or is it worth them when they're creating a goal and a scope of work to include someone that manages it for them and they're kind of hands off? Well, that, that's uh, typically uh, what you'll find is many uh, real estate investors will go down that route and just hire a general contractor. They'll hire a guy like me. And I am a general contractor and that's one direction to go. But I strongly encourage real estate investors that they should do their own, learn how to do their own home renovation, their own house renovation, property renovation, because in the process of learning how to do your own renovation, there's a skill set that you learn and that you can apply for the rest of your real estate investment career. And so if you learn that skill set, you won't need to hire a general contractor. You'll be able to do the work yourself and you'll be able to save money. Just to give you a perspective, like if I were to uh, come to your home, uh, Miles, and charge you, let's say it's going to cost $50,000 for me to renovate your home. Me as a general contractor has got a profit. Mark. My cost on that renovation would be somewhere around $35,000 and I would charge you $50,000, to be frank with you. Sure. So I'm working with a $10,000, $15,000 price range, I mean, sorry, profit margin, if I were to take on this work for the next two, three, four months to complete that renovation. So it, it behooves you as a real estate investor who's looking to save, to make money, to save money, to right. do the renovation yourself, to manage it yourself, not physically do the work. I never encourage anybody to do any demolition, never mind these programs, the DIY programs. Don't listen <laughs> to sledgehammers. You don't advocate for that. No, I don't. I don't advocate for that because I, I'm my body's littered with scars and and instances <laughs> of of demos that have gone wrong, chars of glass flying, and scars all over my body. It, it, it's not a place for you as a real estate investor to go and get into the weeds and sit there knocking down a wall. And there's so many times I come across situations where contractors, I'm sorry, when homeowners or people on the property have done their renovations and they cause more damage. Than they than 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 you can you can think of, and it's cost thousands of dollars. Like there are certain walls you cannot remove in a house. Right, some people right. just 
think that you can remove anything. And it, I've seen some real catastrophes. And so, again, back to the benefits of, 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 of a renovator, if you, if, uh, not a renovator, but you as a real estate investor, is you, you need to have that skill set to save money. But also, Miles, if, you're, if you want to increase your portfolio of, of real estate property, you need to acquire more. And so wouldn't that be an important skill set for you to be able to walk into a property and immediately, immediately, through your experience, through your knowledge, be able to identify, okay, these are things I need to do in this home. This is what it's going to roughly cost. And instantaneously be able to figure out the value, whether there's valuable, whether it's valuable for you to waste or spend time on this particular property, assessing whether to buy it or not to buy it. This is a valuable, it's a critical component to have in your toolbox as a successful real estate investor to be able to walk into properties, assess them, make sure that these properties make sense for your portfolio if they don't. Right. So if you don't have that skill set, you're behind the eight ball. And yeah, you can keep hiring property uh, inspectors that charge three to $500 to go through a property and tell you, yeah, this is what's wrong. This is what's right. But there's a lot of situations where you're going to find an opportunity to, to snatch up a deal because it's awfully competitive out there to find great deals that you can't have. You can't have that time of two, three days to get a property inspector in. You got to jump on a deal. And so having that skills cut is incredibly important for you. So this is the reason why I advocate real estate investors, in particular new ones, to do the renovation, to learn how to do the renovation, to do the renovation themselves, because they save money and they learn a skill set. And so that is uh, that's what I encourage. So, but you can't go do the general contractor route. You can hire a guy like me, and and I don't I, I don't advocate for that because reason for that is that usually you're hiring a general contractor because they're going to give you three things. They're going to give you price certainty. So I'm going to finish your renovation. I'm going to charge you this amount of money. I'm going to give you a time frame of when I'm going to complete it. And I also should be able to give you some reasonable level of quality from my past work. Right. But I'm just saying to everybody that as a general contractor, I can assure you that I really have no control over any of those three things. First of all, on the dollar value of the actual renovation, in particular, people who don't know what they're doing, I, I, I budgets go get blown up because uh, people who don't know how to do plan out a renovation properly start to all of a sudden, oh, I'd like to upgrade that toilet or I'd like to upgrade that floor or I'd like to upgrade that wall. I'd like to change this and that around. And that as a general contractor for me is music to my ears because that all of a sudden opens up for me to charge you a lot more money than I would have charged you if we stuck to the contract and stuck to the plan. Right. So I see budgets overblown. I see uh, the issue of quality is is sometimes uh, is undermined because depending on the season, I am a general contractor who hires electricians, plumbers, all these trades to come in. And depending on the time of season, my good guys might be caught up in work other places. So now all of a sudden I have to bring other people that I'm not too familiar with or people that I'm not that interested in using, but I have to because I got to get the work done. So quality will diminish. Right. And this whole notion of time, like it is nearly impossible as a general contractor, you can give a range, but it's nearly impossible for you to be able to give a definite date because of these variables I just mentioned, the homeowner getting involved, the contractor who shows up, doesn't show up. And you do, do they do that, do that to me as well. Right. And so these are the types of issues that you come across uh, when you hire a general contractor. And so looking at the whole totality of the situation, again, I encourage people 
to learn the process of doing their own renovation versus hiring a general contractor. That makes sense. And I know you're teaching this process, right? You are now coaching and mentoring. Obviously, this whole was like a whole coaching session. The past 40 minutes was you sharing all your knowledge. How did you and why did you make the change from not just managing properties and doing it for yourself, but how helping others to do it as well? Uh, Miles, I've been somewhere retired for a while. I've got, I, I've got, uh, I've got great people managing my businesses. I sort of dive in at the 30,000 foot level to make sure that everything's fine, but I'm sort of in that semi retirement stage uh, of my life. And I, I've gotten kind of bored. Like I, I'm not, I'm not energized or juice bec uh, because I, I don't, I, I sort of kind of, you know, dialed it down. And, and so I, I lacked, I was looking for something and, then this pin, this pandemic hit, which was uh, you know has shocked everybody. Never seen it before, and it. it what happened was uh, I, I got this phone call from from a uh, friend of mine who's interested in renovating their home, and so I and I've been doing this for over the last thirty years. People, friends, family, neighbors will ask me for hey, how do I put a deck up to how do I renovate a house? How do I build a house? Several days ago, I had a friend of mine who wants to build a home this spring, came to me, he's looking for advice and help. And so I enjoy it. And, and so I've had, this friend of mine came to me and I had nothing to do. I got the pandemic thing going on. So I said, no problem. And so we, we went through the whole process of what I just outlined in further right. detail, of course. And, and I navigated them. I, I held them by the hand and I walked them through the process. And at the end of the day, they, they saved a lot of money and they enjoyed the process and they felt empowered. They felt empowered because I was there to support them and they did it on their own and they saved a lot of money and they got exactly what they wanted. And so that experience was, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I was, I'm passionate about what I, what I, the experience I have and, and the knowledge that I, I like to share. And so I came across after this experience it was wonderful. I, a friend of mine who's a real estate investor, who's also a coach. We, we, we talk every once in a while talking about the market and, and I just mentioned to him about my, my experience and it's like, yeah, like you'd be surprised in how many people who want to get into, into real estate investment uh, have such a huge fear of getting into it because of renovations or if they have a property to manage it. And it's something that you should, uh, you should, you should talk about. You should, get, you should go out there and help people because it, there's a real need out there in the marketplace. And so that's what started this odyssey is, uh, is uh, from, from, that, from that start point. And and, I, and, I've, and I've started working and helping people all across North America. I, I have, I'm limited in the amount of people that I can help because I'm still, like what I'm offering is one-on-one, -on -one, like uh, coaching, mentorship. Like I'm going to grab you by the hand and walk you through the whole process. And so that requires a significant amount of time and I can't help everybody. And, and so that's, that's unfortunately the difficult part about it is that I have many people requesting and then I can't, I can't help everybody, but I, I, I truly now I've found a new leaf on life and I'm passionate about it. And I enjoy engaging people and educating them. And at the end of the day, when they become, when they become empowered, it's really something fascinating and beautiful to see. And I enjoy the process. That's awesome. And so we've got your contact info on the ticker here for those watching us on the video. Yes. So they can go to vansturgeon.com. They can email you at info at or check you out on social media at Vansturgeon. And is that the best place if they want to request your help to 
fill out a contact form, apply to work with you? Is that how it works? Yes. Uh, actually, what I encourage everybody is who, who's looking at doing a renovation or or wants to get more information about me or just renovations itself. I, I have a number of resources. I mentioned earlier uh, a free renovation calculator, which is really critical to give you sort of a good rough sense of how much a renovation will cost. That's a great tool. It took me several months to put together. Um, there's articles there. There's it's just a lot of resources there for people to be able to uh, get into. Also, I'm offering free training as well. I did a, I did a, I put something together where people can enroll and be able to get into the actual process of how I renovate so that they become more educated and more informed about the whole process. And so I encourage everybody to go out to, to my website and uh, sign up and get the free training and use that as a resource. And if you really want to uh, contact me. There's a there's an opportunity to be able to do that on my website. Or reach out directly to me on my email, and I'll call and I'll uh, I'll talk. We'll talk. That's awesome. All right, one last question for you. Every guest on Relish the Journey has had to answer this question, so I can't let you go without doing it. Okay. But we're talking about journeys, right? We've unpacked your journey in real estate, how you started, where you're at now, what the next chapter looks like. But if you had only three words. To describe this journey of yours, which three words would you choose? Uh, uh, that's a good one. Think, grow, prosper. I like that. Sounds like the title of a book, man. Think, <laughs> think grow, prosper. The Van Sturges story. I appreciate it. Maybe that. that's in the works. That's Maybe that's in the works. <laughs> that's what's next. Cool. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Uh, we've taken about 45 minutes. I know you're a busy guy with plenty, so we'll let you go. We'll, we'll end on that. Think, Grow, and Prosper with Van Sturgeon. Go on and check him out at vansturgeon.com or at Van Sturgeon on social media. And he's the guy to help you with all your real estate investing needs. So until next time, everyone, I'm your host, Miles Biggs. This is Relish the Journey. Cheers. Cheers.